You're listening to Matrimony. I'm Kelsey. And I'm Chris. This is the show about our marriage. And our money. Hey, husband. Hello. Hi. So on today's episode, we will be checking in on our progress towards paying off our mortgage, and we'll talk about a listener question of how we're saving for retirement. Which makes me super excited because retirement is my most favorite financial topic. (laughs) Is it? Yeah, (laughs) by far. That's awesome. What are the other financial topics that could be in competition? What's your second favorite? Cutting costs. (laughs) I don't know if I can think of my top even one. So I can't believe you have like... I'm a super exciting spouse to hang out with on the weekends. (laughs) You sure are. Hey, but our (laughs) finances are in pretty good order. So that's good. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So let's catch up on life lately. You turned 38. Whoa. I know. Since we last podcast. I'm aging well, I I think though. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Um, What about... how How was your birthday, Chris? My birthday was awesome in so many ways. So the cake was amazing. We'll talk about that in a second because we brought that up last episode, the cardamom cake. It was delicious, unique, and awesome. Um, But we did all sorts of things. We had our little family party together, Mm -hmm. which is great. Dash will help me blow out my candles. Oh, he gets so excited. Yeah, (laughs) he loves it. Um, And then we had uh, my broader family party, and they got me exactly what I wanted for my birthday. Oh, yeah. In fact, I'm realizing how what the theme was for the birthday because I got a bidet from mm-hmm. my family and I got underwear from you. That's right. <laughs> so. Which actually are still on their way. I'm so sorry. Mm. I think it speaks to, I guess, just the craziness of life. I I could have sworn I ordered your present, but I must have had it just all in my online checkout and everything ready to go. And then somehow I didn't complete the purchase because I was waiting and waiting. And then I went and checked our credit card statements and realized that I had not actually purchased your present (laughs) as I said I had. You're being subconsciously vindictive for something. (laughs) (laughs) But I promise it's on the way now. And what I did buy, we should tell our listeners just in case anybody interested, they are boxers from Mac Weldon, mm-hmm. and you say they are the best underwear ever. Yeah, you have Dr. Wharton's seal of approval on those <laughs> underwear. They're awesome. <laughs> They're extremely well designed for all, in all sorts of ways that I can't describe here. Okay. <laughs> no, 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 just kidding. They, they, they just fit really nicely. And, and you say that like the waistband is really soft and comfortable. Yeah. It seems like actually you can describe every way that they're really comfortable. Maybe let's just leave it there. I okay. see I see your face. Yeah, yeah. Let's leave there it there. Are but the, the, the waistband is really important because I have womanly hips. That means they're pretty wide. And so <laughs> I need nice, comfortable elastic because otherwise things will fit too tightly and dig in. Gotcha. And so. Bad deal. Yeah. Hey, what about we had a little breakfast date? Yeah, the be- breakfast date was great. The day before your birthday, we mm-hmm. went out to breakfast. So we did do a coffee date. We're counting that as a weekly coffee mm-hmm. date. Mm-hmm. So that was just really fun. And I just felt so relaxing to start a work day that way. Yeah. And actually, we were planning this podcast partly during that breakfast Oh, date. were we? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. we love to podcast. <laughs> um, oh, I I need to talk to you about something. And I wanted to do it on the podcast so we could have a serious discussion about it. Oh, good. 
no place to hide from that's the, right the, that, i don't know how many listeners we have <laughs> i was about to say millions of listeners but that's probably i know optimistic. that both of our moms listen so at least two <laughs> okay um you have been so klutzy lately what is going on you broke a, a glass recently mm-hmm. and you do that like every couple of months you break a glass mm-hmm. um and you know we're trying to be minimal and have just the number of dishes that we need so you're encroaching upon that <laughs> maybe i'm not aging well no and, i know exactly what it is and the most serious thing you dropped a full bottle of my breast milk that I had just pumped that day. Six ounces, Christopher. <laughs> Do you want to try pumping six ounces of liquid from your body? <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, that was that was not, though. Okay, so all the breaking that's been going on is because we have children. And so, and they've and had I, nothing to do with the breaking. It's been th- all you. This is the ramification of my extremely effective multitasking. You cannot multitask. <laughs> you can do one thing efficiently and well, but you cannot do many things at once. Otherwise, you freak out and break down. <laughs> how, but how many glasses have I broken? <laughs> That's fine. But see, so there is an error rate to my amazing <laughs> effectiveness in multitasking. And that's what that is. But basically, I'm doing five things at once and I get a ton of shit done. Mm-hmm. And the consequence, the price of that is breaking a glass here and there. But because we're minimizing, you know, it's fine. We're All just right. contributing to For it. For me, the breast milk goes too far. Okay, the breast milk thing, that's the thing. Okay, so with the breast milk thing, I was not actually multitasking. I simply had the baby in my arm, which we already we always have a child in our arms when mm-hmm. we're doing things. So that's just inevitable. And I was opening the... the uh, not the garage door. What do you call that? The refrigerator. <laughs> See, <laughs> you're not allowed to handle my breast milk anymore. No, that but is so precious. It's in a plastic bottle with a plastic cap. So dropping it on the floor, it should have just bounced, but it hit. So you're just throwing it on the no, floor it willy hit nilly. At some <laughs> insane, perfect crazy. angle that the plastic cap shattered. <laughs> It fucking shattered. <laughs> I have no idea how that happened. These things happen to you. Actually, so this weird. is the other problem too. If you if you drop anything on our tile floors mm-hmm. or our tile counters, they shatter. Mm-hmm. Apparently, even you know pliable plastic will shatter. <laughs> it is so, true. So don't slip and fall in our house because you'll explode on our floor. <laughs> is the problem. So. I think we should get new floors. Yeah, <laughs> that's oh boy. Um, we we also we skipped over though. What back to my birthday. Because you know, (laughs) we already spent our last episode talking all about your birthday, and now we're going to spend this episode too. Well, we have to rehash it now. Okay. The day date. That was the other big part. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. I mean, which wasn't, it wasn't like an all out birthday celebration, but our very, very close friends uh, who live in town near Mm us, um, we, we took days off and got together on a, it was a Tuesday. That's right. Just this past Tuesday. Yeah. And, we because went they to, had a birthday just recently too, so it's kind of a celebration right. of both of your birthdays. Right, the husband and I have birthdays just three mm-hmm. days apart. So um, we went to Orange Theory Fitness in the morning all together. That's awesome, because they're a really athletic couple, as are we, and mm-hmm. um, and we all love being active. And I'm foreshadowing here, by the way. Okay. For the one big thing later. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm building in drama in our podcast. Um, and then we came back to their place and uh, just hung out in their pool for like an hour and a half. With no kids. Oh, yeah. And then we lazily headed out to a late lunch mm-hmm. and had a couple beers, had some good food, and just chatted about life for the first time in a long time, all four of us actually talking to 
all of us at, right, at once exactly. rather than just one-on-one with the other two. Usually we're kids always and, managing our kids and we have so much fun, but yeah, we were just really great friends with them before we had kids. And we just realized it has been, you know, over two years now that just mm-hmm. all of us have just hung out together and got to fully focus on just each other and hanging out and all of us relaxing, not tag teaming with the kids and stuff. It was awesome. Yeah. And they're amazing. And they, they inspire me in certain ways and they're really cool, um, in all sorts of ways, but they're similar in in certain ways. And and all these things I think are really, actually, they'll be important for my one big thing. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Well, anyway, it was really great. And I just, you know, we've talked before how we do day dates, just you and me like to kind of get extra time together. And then this was the first time that we've ever done a day date, like a couple's day date. And we're already thinking about when we can do our next one. Because it was so amazing. It was so fun. So I just cannot recommend enough for any couples. I mean, even if it's before you have kids, if you have some flexibility, if you can take vacation days together, it is so fun to spend a weekday together. It is just, Mm -hmm. you get so much more time together than just like a dinner date or something. And I don't know, it's just, it's just so fun. It feels luxurious. It really does. Yeah. So that was great. Okay. Um, what else? I feel like Okay, sleep is still not awesome at our house, but I feel like it's been less bad for the boys. Yeah. Would you agree? I think it's less bad. Yeah. Dash has learned, I think, to, um, when he wakes up, he always wakes up before Anaru, which is his, his little, little toddler clock. Okay to wait clock. Yeah. And and he usually goes and knocks on the door and it's like 4.45 in the morning. So his timing of waking up is barely better than it used to be, but he's learned to knock and then now it seems like he's in a pattern of going back and doing whatever he's doing in his room till Anaru glows green which is his at 510 yeah mm-hmm. so right so we're excited when he waits till 510 to want to get out right. of his room but that's where we're at it is better than it used to be and the other night um Thursday night I think it was you put Cedric back to bed when he woke up at like 1230 but then he did not wake up again until mm-hmm. six. Yeah. That was the first night that I have not gotten out of bed to go nurse him and put him back to sleep since he was born. Mm-hmm. So almost nine months. Oh my God. Holy cow. <laughs> yeah. Parenting toddlers and children is not an easy task. <laughs> not to be done without coffee. That's how it feels anyway. <laughs> okay. So let's check in on our money. Okay, so first of all, just this past week when we were carpooling to work, after we dropped the boys off at daycare, you said, we need to have a budget meeting right now. Mm -hmm. And I was really nervous. I wasn't (laughs) sure what you were going to say. I have a gambling problem. (laughs) Please, no. But what you wanted to talk about, um, we used to put all of our daycare expenses, which get charged weekly, onto your credit card. Mm -hmm. and pay it off, you know, every couple of weeks or monthly. I mean, we budget for it, but then since it's on a credit card, we can kind of, you know, pay it off, not weekly. Well, now they've changed and they are now doing their billing where they want to uh, use a debit card. And so now we actually are going to be needing to pay those weekly. So that just kind of changes the flow of money in our account. And now since we have everything budgeted, so, you know, pretty tight, that means that our joint checking account is probably going to be looking pretty low almost every week because 
bills are revolving out of there much more quickly than they used to. Yeah, yeah, it's a big deal. Eight hundred bucks, basically. Mm-hmm. Nine hundred bucks, actually, every two weeks. So right. Yeah, so it's a cash flow issue. It mm-hmm. used to be a monthly cash flow thing that we handled, you know, monthly. Right. <laughs> and now, now we have to think about it on a weekly basis. And yeah. so, so um, we're kind of going to see how it goes. And we were talking about like, do we need to maybe um, create a new checking account just so that like that those expenses are in there? I mean, you know, I think we do a pretty good job of sticking to budgets, but I just want to make sure there wasn't something like an extra expense here, a couple of extra expense of grocery trips, and we run the risk of, you know, getting an overdraft or something like that. So, yeah. And I guess we haven't talked about it really again since, but I think we're probably like, we should just, we'll see how it goes. And I I think it should be fine. Watching it closely. Because everything is budgeted appropriately. What the one thing I did decide is move, usually I, I spend my entertainment out of our joint account Mm -hmm. and now I'm going to move that to my credit card, which will let me see that a little bit better. And if I overrun, Mm -hmm. you know, some given month, then I'll, you know, it'll be in my credit card and won't impact our cash flow and our joint checking. Gotcha. And I think I think that'll be okay. Um, otherwise, everything should be budgeted well, and I'm checking in constantly, so we'll never right. we will never overdraft. <laughs> you do love to check in on that. Oh, yeah. oh my gosh, I have. This is so exciting. So I don't know if we talked about this on the podcast, but my iPhone camera oh, yeah. was not working well, and I was so bummed about it because I you know, I'm taking tons of pictures of the boys. I just feel like that's how I'm documenting our life. And I really want to be capturing lots of pictures of them. I mean, just especially as Cedric is changing so quickly. Um, And for my blog, that's the primary camera that I use for my blog since it takes great pictures. And anyway, it just was not focusing and was not taking clear pictures. And I was just feeling really frustrated. And so I wasn't taking a lot of pictures. And I was feeling, you know, it just, it didn't seem like it was something that could be um, fixed easily. Like everything I'd read was like, oh, Apple won't repair this for you. You have to take care of it yourself. And anyway, then my, so I was feeling like I might have to buy a new iPhone for, to the tune of hundreds of dollars. Which so, was bumming me up because we just got you onto our MVNO. Exactly. And all those savings for like probably the next year would have been out the window right. with the new phone. I know. I know. Um, you were so sweet to understand that I <laughs> really needed a phone with a good camera. But my genius mother said, have you tried taking it to like a phone repair place to get to get it repaired? I had only just kind of read briefly about that Apple didn't repair them. And I was just like, of course, of course, I'll look into something like that. And so, yes, we found a place and they ended up just cleaning it really well, like internally and saying that it was actually okay. And so even instead of, I didn't even pay the $80 camera replacement fee, I paid $0 and now it's great. (laughs) Thank the powers of the universe. (laughs) And actually this just had me thinking, uh, it was just, it was making me feel so wasteful and kind of like ignorant in terms of just how to take care of things. And I don't want to be wasteful like that. I don't want to be spending hundreds of dollars on a new device when one component of it is you know, not working. Mm-hmm. So, you know, sometimes things are built when one piece goes down, the whole thing goes down, but probably yeah. most stuff we have now, most gadgets we have and everything else we can probably just repair. I hope so. 
You know? It kind of got me thinking that I want to make a more concerted effort of finding places to, you know, fix things. I'm not saying this happens all the time. Just thinking of like, we had a toaster a couple of years ago that like the, you know, little lever wouldn't stay down. Oh yeah. And oh, I just, I hated that so much. I know. And I just felt like, I don't even know where to take things like this, mm-hmm. but it was just frustrating. It just has been making me think about just our consumer and kind of wasteful culture. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I've been having a lot of big thoughts. Oh, foreshadowing. No. Oh. <laughs> um, okay. And I wanted to check in on our savings goals. Yes. Do you have a little update for us? You know, something of an update. It's it's okay. very variable because the market right now is variable. Um, but we, we've been putting more money in. So last month we talked about how we hadn't overrun, so I didn't put much money in. We're into the next month and I've been able to put uh, $800 more in. We're usually trying to go for $1,000 a month, so okay. we might be able to eke out a little bit more to get in there. Um, but we haven't made progress on paper in terms of the dollar amount because the market has been up and down. Mm-hmm. So we're sitting at 13.3. 13.3. In mid-September when we're trying to get to 20000 by the end of the year because, again, our goal is within four to five years, so twenty dollars to $25,000 a year, to get to $100,000, which by four to five years' time is all that's left on our mortgage. In other right. words, pay off our house. Mm-hmm. So... Um, so yeah, we're a little short, although with changes in our W-4 and perhaps if the market slowly gets back up to where it was, it's like still 1,500 points off. Mm-hmm. That's not true. Yeah, that is true. Okay. Then <laughs> <laughs> we'll see a recovery, plus we'll have some more money get in there, and I think we'll be we'll be fine. So I think we're still in good shape to meet our goal this year. Okay. Because yeah. it is just our first year, so I yeah. feel like I really want to hit that goal. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> um. Okay, let's move on to our listener question. Um, A couple of you listeners out there have asked how we save for retirement and also how we decide how much to contribute, especially since we also have um, debt reduction goals and savings goals. This is something we talked a little bit about before, just kind of how you prioritize these these different goals. But so we kind of just wanted to get into a little bit of how we're saving for retirement and how we've made those decisions. Yeah. So we'll talk a little bit about some, um, our situation, I guess, and then I'll kind of go through how I charted out what retirement could possibly look like, which I think is a really great exercise. Some very basic tools that not very basic, very basic tools, very basic, (laughs) (laughs) um, people can, can pull together to kind of get a sense of what retirement might look like, which is good because that could help people also think, how do we, how do you manage how to save for retirement versus debt reduction. So if you have Mm -hmm. some sense of what you need in retirement, what your income might look like from all of your retirement packages, whatever you might have, that can help you understand how much you possibly could put towards debt Mm -hmm. right now. Anyway, um, so we firstly prioritize employer matches. So the 401k or if you have a pension, either of those situations, oftentimes, not often, but sometimes there are employee employer matches Mm -hmm. um, up to some percentage. And so those things we focus on, they're usually the best returns. So whatever percentage that your employer is matching of what you're putting into your retirement plan is 100% return on that money, which is obviously as good as you you could really hope for. What do you mean 100% return? Well, you know, if you invest, for example, people suggest the, the stock market over time, grows by, say, 6 8%, something like that a mm-hmm. year um, on average over time. Mm-hmm. 
Well, so you'd make 8% on money that you invested in some some investment vehicle mm-hmm. in the market, whereas the money that you're putting into your retirement plan, if your employer is matching that money equally, that's 100% return, right? Mm-hmm. So that's really good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, I, I guess I get you're it. You're getting that full money back. So okay. 8% increase in that money versus 100% increase, right? That makes sense? I guess a little bit. That feels like a little bit confusing because their money that they're contributing is still also going into the stock market and goes like up and down. Yeah, well, but um, but remember, you're buying stocks, and the stock is the is the inherent is like the inherent true value. So, if you put a hundred dollars in the stock market and it made eight percent that year, then you walk away with one hundred eight dollars. Mm-hmm. If you put a hundred dollars into your retirement plan, and your employer matched that one hundred percent, then you make a hundred dollars on your hundred dollars. So you walk away with $200 versus $108. Mm, okay. That makes sense? I guess so. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, Something about it that the person, see the percentages again oh, are yeah, just always, that's yeah. where it throws me for a loop. So, and that's, and that's, that's usually not, not my language. Yeah. Well, and, and those are, I use very simplified things for the, for example, but, um, but so oh, we're going to talk more percentages, so I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, the point is, though, the, the takeaway is the ideal thing to do is, is take advantage of any employer match. That's the first and most important thing in any tax advantage retirement investment vehicle that you have through mm-hmm. your work. So um, I'm part of the Arizona system, uh, retirement system, and my university requires I put in 11% of my income to my retirement account, which is actually a defined benefits plan or essentially a pension type plan. ASU matches that 100%. So like the example I gave. So if I put in $15,000 in one year, they match $15,000. It's it's amazing. And you don't and the thing is though, like you mentioned, you don't get to decide. The plan that you're on says you have to contribute, you know, 11% and then they contribute they match that 100%. That's right. That's right. And so it's it's all locked in because again, it's a defined benefit. So um so it's a pension plan versus a, a 401k, which is defined contributions, um, which we can get into if you want to. Let's not. I don't okay. want to. <laughs> Let's not. Anyway, so I feel like I'm lucky because that's actually pensions are becoming very uncommon. And so I've got that to, um, to and enjoy. I just think that that's, I mean, you do have to, they do set that you have to contribute kind of a high amount, 11%. Mm-hmm. But the fact that they match that with another 11% is incredible. I mean, we feel very, very fortunate for your retirement plan that you have. Yeah. Especially because that, that plan doesn't exist anymore. So that it existed for like a year or two after I got it and then it was gone Mm -hmm. just like so many other pensions around the country. Right. Um, so I have a 401k plan. I work for the same university, but like Chris mentioned, by the time I was getting hired by the university, they didn't have quite the same setup for being as part of the state retirement system. And it just didn't seem like as good of a situation. So I have a 401k and I, part of the plan, I have to contribute 7%, but my employer also contributes 7%. So also a great situation. I had two previous employers and I know that both of them, they um, matched up to a maximum of just 3%. And that was if I was matching, um, I had to be doing 6% for them to match that maximum of 3%. So 
anyway, we just feel very, very fortunate for, you know, for the retirement matches that we're able to get. Um, I also have an additional 403B and I can determine, I can put up, put as contribute as much as I want into that. So I contribute an additional 4% of my total salary to that. Um, so that we're each contributing about 11% Mm -hmm. of our income. Um, and so annually I'm contributing about $10,800 and Chris is contributing between 18 and Mm $20,000. Um, and so total that's, you know, about $30,000 per year as a couple that we're contributing to retirement. Yeah. And that's, that's including our employer matches. So that's kind of the total amount going into the right. Gotcha. Retirement gotcha. accounts, yep. including the retirement matches. And we're both going to be fully vested in two years. Mm-hmm. And so we're planning to, you know, reach, you know, stay with our employer and reach that. That's like a goal that we've both had for ourselves, and plan to get to that point. We both also have Roth IRAs, which is another type of a retirement account. These don't get any kind of matching from our employers, but um, together, mine and Chris's have about $10,000 in them. We're right now contributing just about $50 a month to our IRAs. We used to be contributing more, but that was before we decided on our big goal of debt reduction and saving up for the house. So we're kind of just contributing to those minimally right now where we have this big goal of paying off the house. Yeah, so that that gives you kind of the backdrop of our... Nice overview. Yeah, an overview of our retirement savings, um, primarily through like the tax advantage accounts. And then there's the the stuff we're doing with our take-home money, which is trying to pay off the house. But for a lot of people, I think, especially people roughly our age, we may be kind of just start thinking about retirement or Mm -hmm. maybe haven't really put much thought into it, but it just is a sort of vague future reality. Nebulous. That we, yeah. And I, I don't know how often people really spend a lot of time thinking of details of it, which is... I'm sure no one spends as much time as you. <laughs> probably probably <laughs> not. <laughs> but it's it's actually not super difficult. There's mm-hmm. a little bit of data gathering, but it's not super difficult to pull together enough information to have a sense of what your retirement situation might look like mm-hmm. in terms of income. And, mm-hmm. and maybe even estimating your future cost of living yeah. and then comparing those two to see, Hey, actually, is there, the, is there a big gap? <laughs> yeah. Am I effed in the future or do I actually, <laughs> am I actually on track to kind of have what I'm hoping for? Right. Can't predict all sorts of things, but there are lots of things that you can have. You do have basic information at your fingertips. So one thing I did, which I ended up being, I think a great exercise for me and, and something you could possibly try if you wanted. Me? Not you. I've done it for us. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. So Chris has done a lot of projecting for our retirement. He loves like looking, like, you know, calculating a budget for the future. So I asked him to kind of walk me through how, like breaking down this projecting our retirement future and how he's budgeted for that. Because I do think it just seems like a very good exercise and one that I probably wouldn't have thought to do unless Mm -hmm. you did it. And I, I do think it's very insightful. So so break it down for us, Chris. And yeah, I kind of did it on a whim, but it ended up being a really insightful exercise. So the first thing is, so if you are with an employer who's giving you um, some kind of retirement package, 401k, pension, whatever it might be, you can. there's probably either 
the investment firm that you're mm-hmm. investing through, through your employer or somewhere, you may actually have access to a calculator that will calculate for you what your potential payouts might be. Okay. Like for example, for my pension, I can go to the retirement systems website, use a calculator and mm-hmm. see what my payouts might be, assuming my salary looks the way it does into the mm-hmm. future. So okay. no raises, no losses, whatever. Okay. So I can start to see what, what my main retirement account will look like in terms of payouts mm-hmm. once I'm retired. The other thing that's important, um, even though people worry about social security not being around in the future, I don't buy that. I think social security will be around um, for us all. Mm-hmm. Well, may... at least at least for us Americans. We do have some Canadian listeners. I don't think it's going to be there for you. Oh. <laughs> you, you probably have some better system in place. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so at least for our other U.S. listeners. So yeah, social security, if you haven't done this already, it's well worth doing, I think. If you just Google my social security um, and then go to the SSA website, social security administration, okay. you can actually set up your own account and look at, you actually can see then your whole history of earning. Oh, wow. Because you've been paying Social Security taxes, so they should know Mm -hmm. what your earnings have been. And you get reports on this. And so you can see, just like, you know, I could calculate with my pension, I can see what Social Security is calculating for me as a potential payout once I'm eligible for it. Gotcha. Based, again, on my current income. Mm -hmm. Um, And you can also then actually check their data to make sure that it's accurate, that they haven't somehow miscalculated earnings in a given year or something like that. So that's worth doing. I know that's, you wouldn't think necessarily of doing that, but that right. will give you a number, just like the calculation for your your employer's main retirement account for you, you get a number. Right. At and, least like a good estimate instead of just, instead of just, I wonder what my retirement will look like, or yeah. just assuming that you're going to be fine, starting to put, you know, some estimates to that. Right. And so, yeah. So if you put in you know, some, whatever the number is, 62, 65, whatever. Mm -hmm. And you know, the age of retirement, you mean, I'm sorry. Yeah. The age of retirement. Then, you know, okay, out of my pension, my 401k, I'm assuming, or I'm estimating that I'll get, you know, 3,500, whatever, $4,000 a month, something like that. Social security is going to be paying me, paying me say 1,500, 2k Mm -hmm. a month, whatever. Mm -hmm. You'll get these numbers. Um, and so I did that. I did that for both of our retirements Mm -hmm. through our employer. And then I did that for social security. I don't have access to your social security account. So I estimated that. (laughs) Don't try to steal my identity. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, I didn't email you to get your information and set one up for you because I email you too often for your your passwords and things so I can get into your accounts and figure things out. So, and then I also, yeah, I'll, I'll get like an email that like my retirement accounts password has been changed. And under normal circumstances, someone might expect that their account has been hacked, but no, I'm <laughs> always sure it's just my husband who can't remember my password that I've told you a million times. And so you've decided to change it. Yeah. <laughs> Not tell me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got my eye on you. I know. I I'm, know. Watch, I'm watching my money. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so I had those, those, so there's four numbers there, my retirement for, through the employer, mm-hmm. your retirement through the employer, both of our social security. Uh, there could be other things you might have. So passive income from other investments or, you know, any, there could be lots of other things you could throw into this estimate, but mm-hmm. then I compared our cumulative. What would passive income be? Maybe you have a rental property that's yeah. like giving you income yeah, or could have a rental property. You could like literally that. just have investments into, you know, mutual funds or index like funds or whatever. Giving that, you enough to pay out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, Let's get some of those. We have one. Oh, although we'll use it for the house, but okay. 
Anyway, so you can pull in all these numbers and get a sense of what your income would be in retirement, uh, at least an estimate. And then you can look at cost of living. And so this is what I did for cost of living. So I looked at our current budget and I extracted from that mortgage, although I kept in an estimate for like property taxes, et cetera, mm -hmm. and home insurance. Um, and then I pulled from that daycare because hopefully we don't have daycare costs hopefully <laughs> in not. retirement. Um, <laughs> Let's not have a third kid when we're like 55. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, and so I was able to assume our cost of living would be about $3,500 a month in today's dollars based on we've, you know, reduced expenses and we get mm -hmm. rid of those things. Right. But then I calculated an annual 3% inflation. Um, <laughs> oh I know, I know this is sounding complicated, but it's not actually too bad because, because you can go and find calculators for each of these things right. online and just get numbers out. Right. Um, so just, so you're saying that to estimate what the money that we'll need to live on per month mm -hmm. This is how you came up with it. You were looking at our expenses right now. You were taking out things that we're hoping to get rid of, daycare, mortgage, because we're planning to pay off our house soon. Yeah. And then student loans. And then student loans. And then you factored in inflation. Yeah. So if the so and I know that part sounds maybe complicated, but if you take thirty five hundred dollars, which is what I assumed, and you put that into a calculator, an inflation calculator, and say three percent a year forevermore and you mm -hmm. can see how that money would grow mm -hmm. or like what you know $3,500 worth of future dollars right. is in like 2050 right. or something so then you can see what your cost of living is over time mm -hmm. and now you can simply compare your cost of living to your income in retirement and see okay is it roughly close am mm -hmm. I way way off what's mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. now because we have two kids that we plan to put through college, both mm -hmm. of them, at least undergrad without mm -hmm. them having to take out any loans. Um, that's going to be when I'm turning 55 through about 59, age 59 mm -hmm. or so. Um, and so that's a huge added expense. Yeah. And so if I wanted to retire at 55, which was, has kind of been my hope between mm -hmm. 50 and 55, um, unless we had some other major source of income mm -hmm. outside of our jobs, that's probably impossible because of college costs alone. Right. Beyond that though, actually we're doing pretty good. We're only, there's only differences of like a few thousand dollars here and there. Mm -hmm. um, so if I retire when I turn 60, then we're looking good. Mm -hmm. So actually, so 55 is probably a dicey proposition given college unless something else happens, right. um, which we're working on side gigs all the time. That's right. Um, but at least retiring at 60 which is still relatively early compared to what's normal anymore, mm -hmm. um, we're in good shape. Right. So that gives me lots of confidence that we're on the right track. Mm -hmm. And now we can look to see, okay, there's our bar. How can we do things to to lower that bar? Gotcha. Kind of gives you your baseline. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, thank you for walking us through that. <laughs> thank <laughs> you for walking me through it. I'm so glad that you've done that for us. Yeah. <laughs> so let's move on to one big thing. Okay, you've been talking about your retirement calculator and spreadsheet. I want to talk about bacteria. Let's do it. <laughs> I've been talking to you about this like on our way home in carpool. So I read the book Gut a couple months ago, and it opened my eyes to kind of the whole microbiota that is living in our intestines and ends up just being a huge part of our functioning, not just 
for processing our food and stuff, but it turns out it's having all sorts of implications, even in our mental health and just our overall health. And I'm just finding it so fascinating. And it's also just um, a really exploding like area of science right now. So it's just exciting. Mm-hmm. And and I love science. <laughs> you <laughs> are a science writer. I am. And so I wanted to read another book about that. It just got me so intrigued. And so now I'm reading a book called The Good Gut, and it is going into even more detail of the mechanisms of how the bacteria in our bodies work. And and so, yeah, it's just got me thinking so much about it. And it's been so interesting. I already knew from living with you, a nutrition professor, kind of about how I should eat. And I do think that we already eat very healthy. But this is just showing me, like, breaking it down to the mechanisms of why a high fiber diet is so good, so essential. And for me, when I know the mechanisms of things, I know exactly why it motivates me to, you know, do things even more like seeing how much better fiber is for me in whole grains, as opposed to sugar and refined grains and stuff. Like for me, that just makes the bad stuff kind of almost lose a lot of the appeal. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm not saying that I'm never eating bad stuff um, for sure, but it just helps me focus on eating a really healthy diet. So anyway, I've just been thinking a lot about that. It's just been very illuminating. Which is so cool because we are definitely not sugar haters in this household. The whole anti-carb movement is fucking folly. I'll Mm -hmm. use the F word there. (laughs) Um, It's foolish and misguided and wrongheaded in all sorts of ways. But having a diet that is primarily focused on whole grains, legumes, Mm -hmm. high fiber sources and plant foods is definitely the way to go. And so I'm super excited that you're getting into it. because, And I mean, I've already been into it, but just like it just kind of recommits me to it. And I do feel like we've been, we've just been in a really good food routine lately, Mm -hmm. I would say. I'm not really sure what it is. I mean, we've always eaten healthy, but I think that almost that the pace of life has been forcing us to simplify more and more. And so whereas before, I would prefer to have more, you know, plan certain meals for different days of the week kind of that way. But we just don't have time and sort of the mental capacity for that. And so instead, we've been just focusing on buying healthy, kind of healthy ingredients, you know, a big batch Mm -hmm. of quinoa at the beginning of the week, having whole grain tortillas, making sure we have lots of beans and lentils, um, vegetables for salads and stuff. And so instead, it's just basically we can take out any components of those and pretty quickly make a really healthy meal. Yeah. And I don't know, I've been feeling really great and I love eating. It just makes me feel good when we are eating really healthy. So yeah, yeah, it's it's so awesome. It's so awesome. Anyway, so yeah, so bacteria is all kind of like at the heart of that (laughs) and my fascination and love of them. We'll see if we end up replicating what used to be my bachelor years diet where I, (laughs) and this is no joke because I tracked my diet daily back then. I consume between 80 and 100 grams of fiber a day. And what's the average American eating? Like 15? 15 to 16. (laughs) Oh my gosh. And the recommended is like 29 to 30. It's like, yeah, something like 28 to 36, but Mm -hmm. depending on your female or male. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So we probably won't get there, nor maybe do I care to get there anymore. But if we're in the 40s to 60s, I'll be happy a day. Okay. All right. I love it. Fiber. Yeah. Fiber. Eat fiber. (laughs) My one big thing is the power of social networks. 
So my one big thing is maybe another big thought. Okay, I'm ready. <laughs> okay. So I was thinking, especially after our day date with um, our favorite friends in the world, uh-huh. <laughs> um, and, and the fact that we started off with going to work out together, which mm-hmm. is not something probably people often do. Maybe yeah. they'd like go for a hike or something, but to go do an intense workout together is not right. usually a day date or date, you know, double right. date kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that's the power of a social network. So there's, uh, it's, it's definitely the case that social norms are developed out of your networks and, mm-hmm. and the sort of shared values of people and social norms. I think people don't realize dictate our behaviors probably more strongly than anything else. Yeah. And so social networks and not social media, but literally the network mm-hmm. of people around you mm-hmm. probably have way more power than you realize on what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And so it, they can work for good or for bad. So if right. you surround yourself with people who are into spending a ton of money mm-hmm. and, and eating not so great and not being necessarily very healthy, that doesn't make them bad people. And that doesn't make it a bad friendship, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but if they're those values will put you in situations and, and, you know, the more you spend time with them, the more you'll probably do things like that, maybe mm-hmm. compromise on the things you'd want to do. Mm-hmm. We are very fortunate to be surrounded by lots of friends who are, you know, very smart, very good, very happy, ethically oriented people, but mm-hmm. also some really active friends of ours mm-hmm. that who are, we were with on our day date. Yeah. And it just reinforces a very healthy and physically active lifestyle when you're right. surrounded by people like that. Mm-hmm. So I feel fortunate for that, but it's also kind of a lesson in the power of social networks that yeah. when we try to be healthier and do things on our own to improve our diets or be physically active, it's not a battle you want to fight on your own. Yeah. You want to probably surround yourself with people who can support you so that you're doing it much more easily, more mm-hmm. often because people do it with you. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> Great big thought. Thank you. <laughs> Okay. Do you have anything else? Is that it? I think that's it. Okay. So that's our show for today. We love to get your questions. Maybe a money issue that you and your partner disagree on. We'll try to figure out a solution for you. No promises, but we can try to give you our take on it. (laughs) You can email us at heymatrimony, that's M-O-N-E-Y at gmail.com. Tweet at us, we're heymatrimony, and head over to our website, Love and Matrimony, where you can comment on this episode. So, we are signing off, reminding you to love your honey, not your money. Can you hear me okay? I think I can just hear you because you're over there. Okay, let's do that again.